The United States Border Patrol has exciting and rewarding career opportunities with the nation's largest law enforcement organization. Border Patrol agents enjoy great pay, outstanding federal benefits, and up to $20,000 in recruitment incentives. If you are looking for a way to serve something greater than yourself, consider the U.S. Border Patrol. Learn more online at cbp.gov slash careers slash USBP. That's cbp.gov slash careers slash USBP. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Jason Douglas from Three Guys Talking, and you're listening to the 4D Podcast Network. Hey everybody, welcome back to Hard Day Diaries. I'm your host, Andy Madfield. I uh, just want to say thank you for a good first year of the podcast. We're working year two here, starting out uh, uh, where we left off in, in season three. Um, please continue to like, rate, share, subscribe, all of that fun stuff. Um, I'll keep posting on Instagram when that comes through. Uh, if you want a specific topic or you want to be on the show, feel free to hit me up, Andy uh, Andy Madfield on, on the Facebooks. Um, or you can hit me up at harddaydiaries at gmail.com. But uh, I love hearing from you, and I want to do more uh, for you all. So would love to hear from you. Hit me up. Other than that, that's going to get rid of my long-winded, ranty intro here. So with that, I'd love to introduce my guest for today, Grant Winkles. Hi, I'm Grant Winkles, and I'm here to talk to you about my issues with bicycles. Uh, we did a quick little uh, run-through, and uh, normally we would focus on one, but I, I think uh, we're going to talk about bicycling accident histories. Yes. So let's let's start out one. When How old were you when you learned how to ride this uh, great bicycle? That's a... I don't know, probably, I don't know, what time do people normally, how old are you, seven, eight? Oh, I guess, okay, so if we're going off my first bicycle accident, that was in first grade, so it, uh, that's seven years old, I guess, six or seven, and I must have known how to ride before then, so five, I don't know. All right. Right? When did you learn how to ride? Let's see. Uh, it would have been before I turned six, because my brother was there to teach me. And I remember we had this hill and I went just like how we taught people how to ride the hill is you just went down the hill. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. if you made it, you made it. Well, I <laughs> knew how to ride, not how to stop. So I was like, I'm just going to take it to the brush, baby. <laughs> and uh, I took it through the brush, but I found a perfect path smacked into a tree big time. Okay. Uh, like a real idiot. Yeah. So that's what I learned. It's kind of like, it's a really hard question to answer and it's yeah. i don't think it's ever been posed to me when did you learn how to ride a bike because you're kind of too young i think to unless you learned when you're 20 <laughs> or something my nephew yeah learned how to ride a bike a few months ago he's 12 that's okay yeah he's I mean, like sent me a text he's like ah, i learned how to ride a bike and i was like wait what you, you didn't know how to ride a bike you shouldn't be able to send a text before you that know how to i was ride a surprised bike. but yeah he learned how to ride a bike and i asked my sister I'm like why didn't you know how to ride a bike he, his dad is like into biking it's his thing <laughs> and she goes 
they just didn't want to ride a bike. That makes sense. Yeah. It's yeah, kind of right. like you those just... people who don't get their licenses yeah. ever just because they, I don't know why. That's one of those things where like you give a kid a choice. Like, hey, you don't have to ride a bike. And he's like, all right, I don't want to ride a bike. Yeah. And then one Fuck day bikes. he's like, that looks kind of cool. Now he rides bikes. Pretty sweet. Good for him. Yeah. 12 years old. Yeah. So I must have been, yeah, probably same. I think five or six is probably the age. Right uh, where the fog of how old you are like, starts kicking in. Yeah, right when you kind of come out of the fog of I have memories now. Yep, yep. I do. I remember. I think learning how, and then I remember getting my first bike, the bike that I crashed on for the first time. It was a purple bike. I got it for Christmas, um, one probably when I was six or seven again. And I remember my my birthday is New Year's Eve, nice. so a Minnesota. Oh, I guess, no, okay, so my birthday is New Year's Eve. I got it for Christmas, I remember, which is just unrelated now, but uh, I, I remember being very frustrated that I couldn't, like, ride my bike when I got it because Minnesota Christmas, the yeah. bike is like, okay, this is this bike looks awesome. Well, <laughs> I hope it rides good in six months. Yeah. Which is... Well, it kind of sucks for you, too, because if they're like, oh, let's get him for his birthday. Yeah. All right. So a week later, mm-hmm. like, same scenario. Still can't ride it. Yep. Yep. And I do. I remember, I think I took it out just to ride in my driveway or something, and I took it down the street to my neighbor's, uh, my friend who was just two doors down, and he, the first, it was purple, and the first thing he said is, it looks like a girl's bike. So I just remembered that right now, and it's... Still kind of makes me angry, so... You're just like, Prince? Yeah, Prince man. look like a girl's bike? Yeah. I was calling out sexism as a, uh, as a seven-year-old, I guess. You're like, I like purple. I just <laughs> like purple. <laughs> it I is one of my favorite colors. Purple's a good color. Yeah. And the pins that I have for the show, purple. It's a color of royalty. It is. Mm-hmm. It's a royal purple. Very regal. <laughs> it's just a dope color. Mm-hmm. Purple's great. Agreed. I like it. It's comfortable. <laughs> it's warm. It's inviting. Mm-hmm. It's a good nickname to have. Purple? Yeah, my cousins call me Purple. <laughs> it's a weird story, but uh, you remember those speak and say things? Yeah. Uh, so when my cousin Charo was learning how to talk, uh, if you pushed on it on a wrong page, the dude would just go, Purple! <laughs> so I was like, all right, I'm going to see if I can get her to say Purple. So I was like, hey, Shara, can you say Purple? And she'd be like, eh, like Purple! And she started doing that. Well, then she associated that with me, and I've been purple ever since. Okay. So, like, 15 years of being purple. Purple. Yeah. And honestly, I kind of love it. Huh? Now you all know my nickname. <laughs> that's the first <laughs> time I've told anyone down here that that's my it's nickname. It's in the public now. You're, yeah. you're purple. Public forum. All of the <laughs> listeners, they're going to know, uh, and I love it. So, your first crash. Okay. How long after you get this dope-ass purple bike... Not long. It must have been that summer, I suppose. I was biking down at a park down the street from my house with uh, uh, family friends. My parents were at work, and I was always... My brother and I were kids who always had to wear bike helmets. For some reason this day, I wasn't wearing my helmet, probably because my parents were not around. And uh, the children of the family that I was with, they didn't have to wear bike helmets. So this was at a, you know, this time when safety is not cool at all. You know, you're a nerd if you wear a helmet. So I shed the helmet this day. 
which turned out to be a mistake. Uh, <laughs> Foreshadowing. Because, yes, yes. Uh, so there was a there's a large hill at the park. It was um, a woods trail loop in the back of the park. I grew up in Lake Elmo, Minnesota, which is just about 40 minutes outside the Twin Cities. And I was going down this hill helmetless and... Uh, my memory is that I, it's a pretty steep hill and I hit a pretty big stick or log in the trail and I went over the handlebars of the bike, which, uh, was fine. I ended up at the bottom of the hill, but then the bike, uh, fell down after me and the front axle of the bike where it's like bolted in yeah, the fork, the, yeah, the bolt of the, the, in the center of the wheel hit me in the skull <laughs> right where a helmet would be and i fractured my skull oh um, my god yeah uh first grade it was i remember it was it was definitely the first traumatic um kind of incident of my life uh injury wise and i remember getting up and or or getting onto my hands and knees and there was no pain really i i knew it had hit me in the head and I knew I had just wiped out, but I didn't hurt. And I just, I have this vivid image in my head still of putting my hands down on the ground in front of me and just blood, seeing blood begin to kind of pour onto my hands. And that was when I first realized that I was injured. So I, yeah, I, it's, it's weird. It was like instant shock basically. I think you're like, Oh, my body does this. Mm -hmm. Yep. There's so the, blood, and I couldn't see it because if you can, I don't know if you can yeah, see you the can scar. See the scar um, right above your left it's, eye. Yeah, it's above my eye, so it's not like, and it's on my head. So I, it's also like on the side too, where it would flow down to beside your uh, eye, so you'd like feel the warmth but not uh, see it. So I really had no idea what what had happened to me, and then I was with this family, and uh, basically immediately uh, the situation became very urgent. Um, and my my friend's dad wrapped my head. In, he took his sweatshirt off and wrapped wrapped uh, wrapped it around my head, and it was basically to the emergency room instantly. Every I, it's a good thing that I couldn't see this injury. Essentially, how big was it? Um, my mom. So after my parents were notified and everything, my mom said you could see my skull, and it looked like. Uh, it was about the like the hole in my skin and everything was like the the circumference of a pencil, like a number yeah. two pencil. Yeah, you got really lucky to hit you where you did too. Yeah, if it would have just been like half inch further over temple, that could have been devastating. Yeah, or like a, an inch lower would have yeah. been my yeah. eye. Yeah, like um, that's kind of hit right at the perfect yeah. spot. That's mm-hmm. kind of the thick spot too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that, that was crazy. What I, was recovery like? Were they just like, eh, I stitch you up and call yeah, it a day? I got stitches. Um, it did fracture my skull. So that was for a long time. That was the only bone I had ever broken, which was kind of just a fun, like party fact that I could tell people is I never broke my arm, but I fractured my skull, uh, more foreshadowing that changed. <laughs> later in my life but yeah it w- i remember it being uh kind of the 
like the mythology around this injury was greater than the actual injury itself in a weird way because yeah. it kind of was just a flesh wound like what you just said i think it hit in a spot like a thick skull spot so i didn't yeah. get i mean i I probably had a concussion, you know, yeah. na- naturally I assume that I did, but I don't remember anything like that. I They probably ran me through all sorts of tests that I'm really not remembering. Yeah, um, I mean, you literally you got hit in kind of the perfect spot to mm-hmm. get hit with a, a weapon of destruction. Yeah, yeah, so if, like, for people listening, it's it, it's kind of like... Like right on the top of his brow. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, like right on the, the eyebrow, the outside edge of um, my left eyebrow, kind of right in between. The, if you really want to get to it, uh, above the xiphoid process, uh, right by the uh, uh, right by the temporal uh, area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah, like really in like the perfect spot. Yeah, I'm gonna pretend that I yeah. understand that. Skull, so, right. yeah, parts of the skull. Okay, pretty uh, sure I nailed it. Might be. Off. Oh, I know you did. Yeah, actually, the xiphoid process in your chest. What? Never mind. Typhoid. It's the, the, I can't remember what it's called now. I'm an idiot. Disregard that. My brain, not the same spot as my heart today. Uh, Yeah, a real tough spot. Look at the top of the eyebrow, right in that spot. It's like where, um, like, Neanderthals have the thick brow, essentially. You would think that, like, if you had that brow and then they just shaved it down for you. Mm -hmm. "Ah." Also, basically, exactly where a helmet rides. (laughs) Exactly where a bike helmet is supposed to ride and protect... Uh, now I realize your eyes and the top of your head because the protrusion of a helmet will stop a uh, bike axle from penetrating your skull. And yeah. that's uh, that's the reason that uh, safety is encouraged. Um, it's the reason my parents had that rule about me wearing a helmet. Yeah, and that was like a really nice, I told you so. It's yeah. the zygomatic process. Zygomatic. Not xiphoid. Different spot. Man. I'm an idiot. <laughs> tell me about it. I tell you, you get towards the end of the alphabet, and I'm like, I don't even know these letters Xylophone anymore. Xylophone process. Boom. <laughs> so your parents basically said, well, you got fucking lucky, man. Yeah. Well, I that's I think everybody was kind of saying that. And I remember I got really lucky because I got to have Subway after I left the hospital. So Win-win. eat fresh. Did... Uh, so this is just like a weird question because I kind of have to know now. Uh, did those kids have to wear helmets after the process? Uh, I I don't think they did. I think that was kind of like something that it was a change in their rules and then they ended up not wearing helmets after that. I don't know. They were just like, that's like a Pandora's box. Nah, thing. You can't make a kid wear a yeah, helmet. After Grant was they, the dipshit kid. Not yeah. you guys. You guys are fine. Yeah, I don't know. I wonder, Not like, I was too young to really pay attention to the, because we're still family friends with this family, and I'm very close with all these, um, you know, childhood friends still, and uh, I wonder what the the diplomacy and the, the politics between the families were after this happened, because I was too young to really be tuned into that, but I, I have, my mom's a nurse, and my dad was an EMS at the time, and a firefighter. I have to assume they were uh, a little bit miffed. At, uh, <laughs> at the parents. Well, hopefully they don't listen to this and this reopens. Uh, I mean, even <laughs> if they do old. listen, you know, then they'll be like, you know, at least you're wearing the safety stuff now. Yeah. So <laughs> are we talking about two or three accidents on the show today? Uh, three. Okay. There's going to be three. So let's talk about the second one. Okay. Uh, this one. So fast forward a few years. Yes. Quite a few years. Um, 
other injuries in there, not bike related. Uh, this, so I basically wore my helmet then and didn't, you know, the biking fell off cause I got my license and everything. And then flash forward to when I am probably 19 or 20, I would say, I, yeah, maybe, yeah, 20, um, in college at the U of M in Minneapolis. And this is when my biking career starts up again. I found a bike in a parking garage, uh, on like a move out day. And this was the first that it occurred to me that everybody bikes everywhere in Minneapolis. So I grabbed this bike and I started biking to all my classes and became, you know, the Minneapolis dude that you see in front of you right now. Yeah. And I, okay. So I didn't wear a helmet. (laughs) I went through a long stretch of wearing a helmet. And then again, the peer pressure. And I don't even know just being like, I don't want to spend $40 on a helmet. Uh, I wasn't wearing a helmet and I was on, this is going to be hyper, uh, local for anybody who knows this area, but I was coming out of U of M campus in Minneapolis on 15th Avenue and crossing university. So So like kitty cat club area. Yeah. Yep. Kitty cat club is on 14th, I believe. So a block down, like, uh, coming out of basically the main entrance to that East bank campus, I was going North on 15th towards the McDonald's there. And also uh, shout out to that McDonald's. It's unreal. Uh, I, have heard over the years this might be an urban legend but that's the busiest mcdonald's in the world and i don't know if that's possible that's gotta be that an it's urban true. legend yeah we should uh I, we should I go should visit re- it just to verify yeah i don't know it's the test it's one of those things that i tell everybody but i've never fact checked it so why why get rid of the myth right yeah there's no there's no reason to shatter my that's, that's a harmless harmless dream yeah well Anyways, I mean that that McDonald's. There could be a whole episode about that McDonald's. Actually, that it's place can levels. be a nightmare. Like, because it's open twenty four hours and it's in the center, the epicenter of like the drunkenness of the U of M campus. So, shout out to everybody who works a night shift at that McDonald's because it has to be hellacious. Got to be nuts. Um. So I'm coming, I'm going northbound on 15th Avenue. I'm going irresponsibly fast through an orange light or a yellow light, trying to make the light. And a driver is making a coming in the opposite direction of me. And I, I have to assume that this is like the most common bike accident that happens and probably the most common accident in general that yeah. happens. But uh, they were trying to beat the light going opposite of me and they take a left across my path and I basically collided with the front passenger quadrant of their car, flew over the hood. Um, It was a busy time of day, like middle of the afternoon, tons of witnesses and just, yeah, I front flipped over the the hood of the car. uh, Did you land on your feet and like everyone around (laughs) Then I just kept running. Yeah, I just kept running. uh left the bike no it was um i I came to in the middle of the intersection i didn't lose consciousness or anything but this is what i'm putting together is when you're go through something like this on a bike typically 
if you're going fast enough or you kind of like white out like the actual whatever impact or or i think the adrenaline release is so instantaneous at least in my experience that um you don't really process it you just kind of like come to after it's happened which is weird because you just like lose basically the most (laughs) interesting part of the the experience yeah is the whole like slow motion yeah yeah um so in when that happened uh that was a definite eye opener i was not wearing a helmet so uh that was i was even luckier i would say with that one um because i didn't slam my head or anything yeah i didn't i mean i could have broken my neck or something easily yeah it, dead happens fast thought yeah helmets. yeah or like even with helmets you know so that but definitely your your risk of basically super life-changing injury is skyrocketed without a helmet so i always wear one now um after that happened that was that was huge for me for how long whoa <laughs> i guess we'll see man this is gonna be a really good in memoriam thing yeah. to play when i'm finally taken out on Got my hit bike by a car on the way home <laughs> on my bike um yeah so that i went to i i think we we called the police there were witnesses the guy stopped uh but it was like my bike got totaled and that was yeah. it i could walk and everything i was i could stand up immediately after that um i was definitely very rattled and i got a ride home from the police and ended up going to the emergency room later that day just because my girlfriend at the time and people my roommates they were like go to the hospital you've been struck by a car you sir got hit by a vehicle <laughs> yes um going you know it was probably like 30 miles per hour like the combination of both of us yeah. um so yeah i i sprained my ankle had some deep bruising and other than that just like a little bit of road rash it was really like not that serious i mean i was sore i got to ride around the grocery store in one of those scooters that day which was which was huge for me i have a key to one of those somewhere oh really yeah it's universal (laughs) is it really yeah (laughs) oh my god that's amazing (laughs) (laughs) life-changing so you got lucky yeah very lucky um yeah i i that was that was that i guess my luck kind of ran out after that one i suppose because now uh we Here's can jump. Yeah, we can jump to um, my most recent. Here's the big daddy <laughs> of trauma. So, how long between you getting smoked by the car and somehow <laughs> being unscathed? Yeah. Uh, to this next uh, altering one. We have probably a three-year gap because so if I was twenty when that happened, that would have been. 2011 or 2012 uh like my second or third year of college and i believe it was 2005 no it's 2016 uh, may 2016 the the last incident happened um so yeah probably four years between there okay. and it took me a while to start biking again uh so you had to get a bike and- yep had to get a new bike 
and basically every a lot of people in my life were discouraging me from biking at that point um which anybody who's ever i assume there are people who live in minneapolis listening to this who bike uh because the nar yes um it's really dangerous and especially if you do it as a commuting thing because you're a car basically yeah we have bike lanes here and people still don't use them they'll bike in the actual road yeah and just i mean you're there's it's getting better but you it's the same thing of how you kind of you have to be hyper vigilant in a car which is really easy to forget because Mm -hmm. you just do it all the time and you forget how dangerous it is well when you're commuting on a bike the same thing happens to you you let your guard down after you bike, you do the same route to work or whatever. You just bike everywhere. You become less defensive and, um, that is dangerous. It's even more dangerous than being in a car, obviously, (laughs) because there's no protection other than a helmet. So, uh, in this instance, I was wearing a helmet because I had learned my lesson and I was uh, I was leaving a show at the Nomad um, on West Bank, Minneapolis, downtown. And I was biking home. At this point, I lived in Stevens Square, so just outside of downtown. Okay. By Over by the electric fetus and stuff. Yeah, basically just, on like the 35 overpass area. Yeah, yep. Like 35 in Franklin, essentially. Mm-hmm. And I was biking home from that, and... Um, lo and behold, basically the same exact thing happened on the corner of Washington and seven corners. So like the on-ramp to 35W. So you weren't even far from Nomad. No. You're right by like the Blue Moon or whatever that. There's a theater right right there and like Comedy Corner Underground and everything like right there. Um, They... It was weird. I was leaving. I was there with friends and they got an Uber home and I was biking home and I lived alone at the time. So we were going to different places, but I was biking and they like blew past me in their Uber and they were like, you know, like, Hey, what is that? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) Don't get hit or something like that. And, uh, like a block later, I just got smoked by another car in the same exact situation. I was going through a green and, uh, there was a car, approaching me in the opposite direction trying to take a left onto 35 north right there so right across the bridge from bobby and steve's Mm -hmm. and um yeah i this this was by far the worst one uh i really got tagged pretty hard and i again same thing just kind of white out like you like you in both those times I realized what was happening, but it's by the time you realize what's happening, it's too late. And, um, I flew through the air and I came to this time I came to like in the middle of the intersection. And this one, it felt like I didn't really know what was going on. It was like, you know, what just just happened. You just got hit by a fucking car. Yeah. Again. Yeah. Again. And, um, Yeah, it was nighttime this time, so I think everybody was... It was just a little bit more tense. Um, And the people right behind me stopped immediately in their car, and they got out, 
and they were running up to me. I guess one of them called 911. And I just remember the first thing that they said to me, it was, it was like, I, it was younger people. I don't know really any specifics of yeah. like wh- who they were or what they looked like or anything, but they were like, Oh my God. The only time I've ever seen something like that was in a movie. That was the first thing they said to me. And I was like, <laughs> uh, like just laying in the middle of, I'm, I'm like literally in the middle of the intersection like, still like what movie was <laughs> <it>? <laughs> uh, which is it's just like i had no idea what was happening and uh, you know i'm putting it together and that's just like i mean it's an awesome thing to hear but yeah. also like not because now i'm just picturing like literally my body yeah. flying through the air like doing flips and stuff yeah, like which, how funny was it <laughs> it was yeah. probably very it was probably, funny. like it's one of those things like later on yeah. you can look back and be like yeah i watched a guy ragdoll yeah like he's if fine I, he if, lived if i was mr bean i mean it would be i basically was mr bean oh, <laughs> at man. that point and um wow yeah they're so they were also probably kind of shook up oh you yeah. see someone get hit by a car and you're like that your brain just goes yeah. to a different place definitely and their place went to oh, i seen this shit in a movie yeah that was cinematic yeah. <laughs> <laughs> am uh, i in this am i in the movie they like, yeah yeah you are yeah you just you got the role buddy <laughs> and so like I, I don't even I don't even remember having any any interaction with the people who hit me in this case because it was this was this felt more serious um, instantly and like the fire department showed up the police showed up the intersection was shut down and I remember uh, I like immediately had uh, lit up a cigarette and I was like laying in the middle of the intersection. <laughs> Uh, smoking a cigarette when the when all the paramedics and everybody showed up and I'm just like kind of like dragging myself to the corner of the, oh, the intersection smoking a cigarette and and uh, I remember the firefighter just being like can you put that out please I was like yeah You're I like, suppose dude so. I just got hit by a fucking car <laughs> let me have a fucking smoke yeah, man yeah I think though it's probably protocol that they it's something that they can't well they like, gotta give you oxygen yeah, or something and, like and that yeah they don't want to get burnt <laughs> or blown up yeah <laughs> yeah it's, it's a very reasonable request and at the time I was you know uh, it was fine with me I just the instinct was like it's that life or death thing of I gotta have a smoke man like <laughs> I just avoided death so I gotta this could be my last one yeah yeah and, um, yeah, they, they put me in the back of an ambulance, I believe, and were treating me and just kind of walking through everything that happened. And there were police there and I denied a ride to the hospital because I had gone through this before and I didn't really get injured. So the... I I was talking to the I mean it was the exact same thing. Yeah. It was like I got hit in the same spot which is like my left side basically took the brunt of the hit because they were it was directionally it was the in, the same exact situation and the and this is not to you know malign the EMS workers or anything but they told me that um I probably just had a sprain. They were yeah. which I mean, at the time, it's like impossible to tell. I should have gone to the hospital, essentially, yeah. because I was 
again. Your adrenaline. You're high on by adrenaline. a vehicle. <laughs> hit by a fucking car. Um, so, but I didn't. And the police then gave me a ride home. And at this point, the pain is starting to set in. And uh, I lived, my bike was absolutely fucked again. So I locked it, or they locked it to a light post just at the site of the accident. Threw a little cross on there. R.I.P. Grant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Roadside <laughs> Memorial. And then they just took me to my apartment. It was like, I didn't, you know, again, I, I should have definitely gone to the hospital this time because yeah. whatever. But uh, I went and I, I lived at a, or I lived on the third floor of a walk-up apartment. <laughs> and this is when I should have known that something was wrong. I could barely get up the steps and then I remember once I got up to my apartment, I couldn't even walk. And I crawled to my apartment door, went in, and just went straight to bed. Uh, and I woke up at like 6 in the morning, and my leg was absolutely fucked. Uh, it was swollen up to like the size of a grapefruit, my ankle, and I couldn't. I couldn't walk in the like slightest bit. Uh, there, I couldn't put any amount of pressure on my left leg. Um, so I crawled out from my bedroom. I lived in a small one-bedroom apartment. I crawled out of my bedroom, and I somehow managed to get up on the couch, and I just started calling my brother like over and over because um, – I knew he would he would pick up my phone call that early in the morning and he did and I was like brother you got to take me to the hospital <laughs> like just come here bring any painkillers you can find because I am struggling and take me to the hospital <laughs> and off we went he showed up and uh yeah then I had to make it down the three flights of stairs again and like this like i've never it was you know if you've ever broken a bone or anything uh the thought of putting any pressure on like a real fracture is just i mean it was that white like searing pain yeah um yeah and then i went to the emergency room and uh sure enough my ankle and my leg were both broken the uh it, like the inside ball of my ankle was broken in two places and like a whole chip had come off of it like a basically like a piece of the pie it looked like a a slice of pie was separated from the ball of the ankle so right right on the joint you know yeah. and then my um i don't know if it's tibia or fibia you're the bone you're the bones man um uh, inside or outside it was the front right here like like so, my like my shin bone. I think that's the tibia. I don't remember uh, yeah. anymore. That was broken too. Um, and yeah, I they pulled me full of pain medication, and I started to. At this point, it's like setting in really what happened because that yeah. night I was just. Yeah, You're in a haze. Uh, yeah, you got hit by a car mm -hmm. again, and then I went home and like went to bed. This there was something not not really clicking in my head about it. It was like, 
there's this weird thing that I'm trying to, I'm trying to like write a bit about this, but there's this weird thing when you get like publicly injured where you get embarrassed or something. Yeah, you just want to look like you're the, the coolest yeah, guy. Like, yeah. Did you like, see that fucking rock star? Dude just got murdered by a car. <laughs> He's fine. He's, he, he started smoking a cigarette. He smoked right away. <laughs> he, that dude is cool. Uh, like, you're like the World War II version, but for biking. Uh, you're like a dude just like watches his whole platoon go and he just like lights a smoke. And like, and that, just, like that's it. Yeah, go home, go to bed. You had a flashback. Yeah. You're just like, I just need to smoke. Yeah. So I, but I don't know what that is. It's like the, the, it's just, it's not self-preservation. It is in like an ego way. Yeah. But obviously, when <laughs> you get smashed by a car, <laughs> you would hope that you're, you're. I don't know. I don't know what it was. Everybody who I've told this to subsequently has been like, "Oh, you're just trying to be macho and pretend that you're not injured or anything." But that wasn't it because I'm not. Uh, you're not a macho guy. No. I mean, I'm looking at yeah, you. You know I'm me. not a macho guy. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. We see each game other. Game recognized game. Yeah. And so <laughs> um, it's not that. It's it's it was really just like I that it happened to me before and I was fine. And um I mean, yeah, it hurt, but yeah. I didn't you know, I just thought it's like, hey, I'll go home, sleep it off, and we'll deal with it in the morning. So um you know, cut back to I'm in the emergency room now and they're like, yep, you need surgery. This is a serious break. Uh, they said to me, if you were older, you wouldn't have to do surgery, but you're 23. You're going to want to use this ankle. Yeah, you're going to need this. If you don't want arthritis immediately, yeah. um, get surgery, which I've had. Uh, unfortunately, I'm in the position where like I've had surgery before, which like when I was way younger, I got sick and I was in the hospital for like a month and I had to get surgery then. And, but like a lot of people have never had surgery, um, <laughs> which is weird because now I've had it like four times. And my tonsils out at 31 or something. I heard like that. that is terrible. The older you get, was it? I apparently am like a specimen of health or something. The doctor called my healing superhuman. Wow. Yeah. He was like, I, I don't, I've never seen anyone heal this fast. I was eating solid food seven days later. That's amazing because I've heard people say that it is like traumatic to get your tonsils out yeah. as an adult. I uh, <laughs> I had no problems with it. I told my dad, I was like, the last thing I say before they put me out is, I just want to be pretty. <laughs> <laughs> but the last thing I did say, uh, I was singing uh, Highway to the Danger Zone. Oh, all the, way, awesome. the whole way. And the doctor's like, all right, no. Uh, you're probably going to start feeling a little weird in just a minute. I'm like, I've been singing Highway to the Danger Zone. I think I, we passed that. Wait, I was just like, as they're like wheeling me, I'm just top gun. Yeah, I'm just doing Danger Zone. The last thing I remember is saying Highway to the Danger Zone. And that was all. Then you wake up. But I really wanted to say, I just want to be pretty. So, but it is, was that the only time you've had surgery? The only time I've So, yeah, I mean, a lot of people, I'm just, I'm injury prone for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, surgery sucks. And at this point I knew that unfortunately. And I was like, cause when you, when you hear it, you're like, oh yeah, people have surgery and it's whatever, but it's like, I mean, it's invasive and they're opening your body up and you have to get, uh, anesthetized and stuff. And that's not, um, it's all of that is like traumatic shit yeah. because it's like you're, 
when you're hospitalized and stuff, you're in when you, it's that feeling of when you go visit somebody in the hospital and it makes you really uncomfortable, but you're like on the table and this is all, yeah, this is very, very obvious observations, but until you're actually there, it's like, it feels so different. Yeah. Um, to like have people visiting you and stuff. It's not, it's very like, I mean, again, this is super obvious, but it's like clinical. It, it feels like you're part of a, like, te- like lab testing and stuff, you know, and it's, <laughs> yeah. you just feel like a, some sort of specimen or something. Like you're trapped. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, I didn't want to have the surgery, but obviously I knew I just had to. Yeah. You're 23. Why? Yeah. Why have a limp now? Exactly. So, yeah. And then, so it was like three days before I could have the surgery. So I went to my parents' house. They still live in Lake Elmo and my mom was super cool about it. Again, she's a nurse. So in a little while after my recovery had progressed, she was not as cool with it. Um, because she was quite angry that I had gone home that night, uh, without going to the hospital. We can kind of return to that, but, uh, yeah. So, I mean, to wrap up the, the incident itself, I ended up having to get my ankle repaired and, uh, they put two screws in my ankle to like put it back together. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the surgery went really well. They said my healing was also like really, really good. I have, I think as close to full mobility and everything that you can get really when you shatter one of your joints there's screws in it holding it together yeah and the screws are still in there so um yeah bionic man over here and um yeah it was like a six-week recovery right at the beginning of summer this happened in the end of may so yeah three six weeks of uh crutches up up and down the stairs of uh, (laughs) a third-story apartment living alone it was it was challenging you never skipped leg day though, right? Never, no. Couldn't. Of course not. My <laughs> one leg got huge. Your but, arms had to probably get Yeah, get I a was, little bit of work in there too. I think too. I probably gained weight um and but also it was crazy like after my leg just withered away, my one leg, it was it was kind of wild. Like I have pictures of the two legs next to each other after those 6 weeks and it's it looks like I like my one leg looks like a little kid's leg. Compared <laughs> to like my, it's like the punter. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, why is his leg so huge? Because like, that one's just steroids. Yeah. And then this one is like a raisin. You yeah. Know? Uh, so yeah, it was. Uh, it sucked, man. That that one really sucked. So you you said it was like a two month recovery. Mm-hmm. Um, in that two month time, what were you doing for work? At this time, I worked at an insurance company. I was a insurance underwriter, or I, I was working my way towards that. I was an underwriting associate, which is basically just an insurance salesman. And I was my my boss was really really cool. It was a small company, and he it was in downtown Minneapolis, and I didn't. I think I had a car at the time, but it was like, they let me work from home for six weeks, which is amazing. Yeah, huge. Really, um, yeah. Shout out, shout out BTU represent. They were really cool. <laughs> I don't work there anymore, but super cool about it. Like 
they didn't make me take, I think I had to take a couple sick days when I got the surgery. And I think I took a week off to recover from the initial surgery, but then they just let me work from home. That's awesome. Yeah. Really, really. That's a good employer. Yeah. Yeah. They were cool about it. Um, and then, yeah, it was like July, it was the 4th of July weekend when I got off the crutches. So yeah. It was a good, solid, like, month and a half where I couldn't do anything. Um, basically making my friends come to me to try and cheer me up. And I on a lot of pain pills at the time. This is – one of the crazy things is uh, – so I initially, when I think I right out of the surgery – and this is just goes to illustrate, like – the the over prescribing of pain medication that it's it's a total reality because i think i got like 80 vicodin initially right and they say like you probably taken like six to eight a day you know because they say take two like every five hours or something because it's your bone is mending it hurts and i had like insane bruising all over my body because aside from the the bones breaking like I was hit by a car you got hit by a fucking so car. I've never seen like there was a giant bruise in my heel it wasn't a bruise but it was just where all the blood from the uh, my other hematomas had gathered just like kind of congealed yeah, and hung out yeah and my knees were like the entirety of my knees from like the middle of my quad down to like the beginning of my shin were like bad bruises like the worst bruises you can imagine and my both my elbows and road rash and stuff so it's like if i wouldn't have broken those bones i still would have been really fucked up yeah and so i was in like tons of pain and so they they gave me like enough to get through i think two or three weeks or something and then of course you're having follow-ups and everything and then they prescribed me like a hundred more like yeah. two weeks later when what? I was saying my pain was way more manageable and stuff. They just gave me a, a second prescription for a hundred more. <laughs> and yeah, wow. man, it was unnecessary. I don't know yeah. what, <laughs> what that's all about, but it's like, damn, you look around and people are talking about people getting addicted to pills and stuff. I'm like, that is, I probably it's was so addicted easy. like yeah. at that point, you know, when I had my tonsils out, they gave me, um, Obviously, they don't give you pills because how are you going to get that mm-hmm. fucking thing down? Uh, they gave me like the liquid yeah. version of it. And uh, I was like, all right, I'll do it for a little bit. I think I did it for like three, four days. And I was like, yeah, I can't. Can't do this. This is yeah. messed up. Mm-hmm. The first day home after having my tonsils out uh, was when Stranger Things came out. Okay. And I like, apparently narcotics make me not sleepy. So I was like, ah, I'm mm-hmm. just going to watch this. So I'm high on pain pills. And I'm watching Stranger Things in the middle of the night. My lights go off. I'm like, all right, well, I have to stay up forever now. <laughs> so, oh, God. I still don't know if Stranger Things is actually scary or if... <laughs> Opioid addiction too, is yeah, I, was, I was zoned out and the lights went off. So I don't like them, man. They're, that's not for me. No, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And so this is where like the um, some of the issues started cropping up a little bit is like after all this happened my my parents were incredibly supportive and i stayed with them for like 
two weeks, I think after this, before I went home or a week after the surgery, I, I was staying with them. My mom, like I said, is a nurse. My dad has been in healthcare and stuff. So they really helped me recover. And, um, then I went home and I just remember like, like having this kind of communication breakdown with them where it was like, I think they, their parenting instincts like kicked back in because it was the first time I'd spent a week at home, like injured for who, you know, like five years. Yeah. And, um, and then, yeah, they were, they were mad at me that I had gone, not gone to the hospital that night. And so were other people. And looking back on it, I can fully admit that that was a very stupid thing to do because I could have been like very seriously injured um, internally. Brain bleed, you get out of a bunch of stuff. And so um, we were there, we were, we were, you know, it wasn't, it was just like a tense conversation because I was still, I remember the first, like when I got home to my apartment after spending the, like, it was like, dude, I was mobile. I was out at a my friend's show. And then I was hit and then I was in the hospital and then I was at my parents. Then I had surgery. Then I'm just in this like drug fog. And I remember getting home to my apartment after all that, like 10 days after like the last time I had been there basically um, first of all, there was a giant dead cockroach in the sink that my parents, my mom like did all my dishes and found it. And she was like, what the, like, so, and I was just like, oh man, this sucks. And then I remember they left and I just like collapsed on my bed and just kind of had a, a breakdown and I was just like crying and you know, it was just like everything yeah. set in. I, I hadn't really reacted to anything yet. I hadn't processed any of what had happened um so i was just like overwhelmed by emotion and pain and everything at that point and i was just like you know definitely some self-pity in there and stuff but yeah um the helplessness or helplessness now because now you had this support group that's not there yeah yeah also yeah a bunch of that stuff too yeah and um so then yeah then the recovery process happened and and okay so like the thing that was kind of the the last bigger incident was when I went to that appointment and I got the a hundred more pain pills. I had been home for like a week at that point. I remember calling my mom and uh I told her that and she was she was like I'm I'm coming to get those pills. Like like I don't because she's scared, obviously of Absolutely. this is how people develop heroin addictions yeah. honestly you can't and afford that you go to the cheaper option yeah and so i was but then i was like mad because i'm like i'm an adult i'm not gonna be i'm not gonna do this and you don't have to come and take these away from me but yeah. of course like and she's like i see this every day not my child yeah and when that is a very uh like it's a very bad look when you're saying I'm fine. I don't come and take these pills. I'm not addicted to them. I am fine. I will take care of myself. And it's like, of course, I mean, I don't think I was now all the flags are just like yeah, every single like, flag. Is okay. Waving. So like, he's not, it's like the, like the rehab show or whatever, like intervention, yeah, intervention. You know? oh, um, it's the initial oh. bad reaction is exactly what I did. And, uh, 
So that was just, I, I, I'm, this is me. I'm sorry, mom. <laughs> like that was, I see now. I mean, I was, I was angry, not because she was trying to take my drugs away. I was angry because I felt helpless and like a little kid again. Yeah. And I went and I just flushed them all down the toilet after that. So, and I don't think I've taken any pain medication since then actually, but it is weird. Cause you can like, they, it's what so they easy. say, it's like 10 days and you can be like really addicted to my body was addicted to just that whatever they had i had like liquid vicodin basically um i stopped taking it because i had to do a show Mm -hmm. i stopped taking it because i was like i don't want to be i don't want to be high on this so i stopped taking it and i knew it would take me a little bit to kind of get back to it and my body had every reaction to withdrawal Mm -hmm. Like, oh, you're going to have the shits. You're going to get constipation. I'm like, everyone. And you're going to be... I had the shits and constipation at the same <laughs> time. I'm like, what is... What? No. You're also going to yell at people in your yeah. life, and you're going to be angry at them, yeah. and so you I won't just, know why. I sequestered myself. I was mm-hmm. like, I don't want to be mad at you. <laughs> Did the train spotting thing, get a yeah. bunch of soup, and just lock just yourself in your room? <laughs> locked in my room. I watched so many things. But yeah, it was... And that was just yeah. a number of days. Yeah. And my body was just like, we love this. <laughs> More. This is us. <laughs> this is us now. We are Venom. <laughs> or, or whatever the quote is. I don't is. know. Yeah. Corey Adam would know. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that's basically, uh, that's, that's, that's it. my history with bicycle accidents. How long, uh, how long was, how long has it been since you were hit by the bike? Oh, I it's going to be four years now or no three years. Um, so it'll be three years in May. Do you still bike? Yeah. <laughs> like I do. all the time. Yep. Yeah. I don't bike. I've never been a winter biker because I'm not insane. Um, that's scary. <laughs> shout out. Yeah. Shout out Zach and Henry. You Zach guys and Henry rule. Zach Hagen, uh, Henry Fugit. In case you want to look them up, they're comedians. Um, uh, I don't think Henry runs the show right now, but he's very funny. You can see him around Minneapolis. Uh, Zach Kagan runs a show uh, called Beach Party. Beach Party? Yeah. Beach Party. Yeah. And they uh, and they bike everywhere. Yeah, they bike everywhere. Check out both of their it's shows. January right now. Yeah. They're yeah, they're intense. psychotic. I don't know. They're intense. I don't know what that is because, yeah, I, I don't. That's scarier to me than getting hit drive? again. I think so. Yeah. Wow. I don't, um, Good for them. I'm yeah. terrified. I'm terrified of bikes. Yeah, it's so. Again, that took me a while to get back on a bike, but now I, you know, just be safe. Wear a helmet. Be defensive. Get good lights. But honestly, both the both those times, like those weren't my fault. <laughs> yeah. um, I was obeying traffic laws both the times it happened to me. And the thing is, you just got to be so defensive on a bike. But even yeah. no matter what you do, you it's dangerous so how we doing on time we're fine cool more worried about that weird like bassy tone yeah that uh okay you're definitely gonna catch that in the episode because that was weird and bad uh but yeah so i think (laughs) what is happening now you can hear somebody so someone's phone is so loud you can hear it outside through here ringing uh Hopefully it got picked up by one of the microphones. If not, I've said weirder things on here. Some yeah. people know and love us already. Um, so I think uh, what uh, what other advice do you have? I know it's like you said, be defensive and vigilant and like don't get caught in your 
routine you know just always be aware head on a swivel type things uh yeah that's all that's all you can really do because people the thing is is people are just not looking for bikes no matter i mean there's there's bike lanes and stuff use those wear a helmet but people aren't people are distracted and be defensive but also i don't know if you bike enough you're probably going to get hit <laughs> that's 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 not advice that is the sad truth i guess and the harsh reality yeah and if okay here's a piece of advice if you do get hit go to the hospital because um i was told by medical professionals on the scene that my leg was not broken so they were wrong um nothing against them it's still my mistake because there's no way for them to actually know but just go to the hospital like if you have insurance take the ambulance ride if you don't have the police take you to the hospital well Um, and even if you get hit by a car that's going to be covered by the personal liability yeah well something we didn't even get into is that the other person didn't have proof of insurance when they hit me and i there was a snafu in my car insurance that i wasn't covered so it looked like it was going to be um a lot of pocket yeah yeah but it turned out fine actually the uh the upside, I guess, to put a, the recap on this is that um, I ended up getting some money out of this from their insurance company because they did have insurance, and I used it to quit my job. And because although my employers were awesome, I hated my job at the time, so I used the settlement to quit my job, and then I went to Asia for four months last winter. Damn, that's badass. Yeah, and like basically completely changed my life. I was able to really start doing stand up like essentially full time. Right. So I have a mixed message now. Are you saying get hit by a car? Yes. Collect the insurance. Yeah. Change your life. Mm -hmm. Yep. (laughs) This is like, this is the secret. Get hit by a car, but not (laughs) too hard, but hard enough. You got to break a bone. Like it's, and this is, this is fucked up, but people have said to me like, um, when they found out that I was getting money and basically it made, it changed my life for the better in the long run. They were like, so what, like, would you, would you get hit by a car again for this? And I'm like, yes. Uh, But the thing is that is not to say getting hit by that car and having surgery did not suck. (laughs) I paid a price. um, Probably. I probably didn't get enough money for what happened to me, but in the immediate, present right now it was totally worth it and it changed my life for the better 10 times out of 10 you're getting hit by that car yeah definitely and if i gotta die one of those times you know worth uh, it yeah worth it for the other nine for sure (laughs) (laughs) all right man well uh let's uh let's see where where can we find you in the so this comes out uh spoiler alert we're recording this the day before it's released so this is coming out tomorrow, buddy. Yeah. Um, I'm doing a couple showcases, I think, but not, not like just around town. You can definitely see me at mics and stuff. I run a show in Stillwater, Minnesota at the Tilted Tiki. It's called Tornado Room, and it is the first Wednesday of every month. So running from now till uh, whenever they decide to pull the plug on us, which hopefully isn't soon. So. Yeah. I mean, you've got big crowds coming in, so that's huge. Yeah. It's super helpful. People so, seem to like it. Yeah, go out and support live comedy. It's always great to uh, to see. It's always fresh and new and wild and 
Minneapolis has a really unique sim, or scene here. Yeah, yeah. And uh, congratulations to you. This uh, taking it a year with this podcast. It's awesome. Yeah, thanks, man. It's uh, It's been a weird year. Uh, one thing I love about this show is that the topics are different. Mm-hmm. You know, some of them may cross the same fairly often, but uh, every person's experience is different, and it, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, I've loved doing it, and I'm hoping to continue to do it for a long time. Uh, that being said, I think I think we're gonna put the put the wheels down. We're gonna wind up the old episode here. Um, you could find me weekly at uh, Bloody Marys and Matamidi for the foreseeable future. Um, got another show that was just renewed for six months. Uh, the last or the fourth Saturday of the month. If there's five, we won't do it. Uh, fourth Saturday of the month at uh, Flat Earth Brewery in St. Paul, Minnesota. Uh, and other than that, you can follow me at Matt Failed on Instagram um, or Hardy Diaries on Instagram. Um, Matt Failed on Twitter, uh, Facebook. You can search me under Andy Matfield. I exist. I will friend you. I need the love. Uh, I do. I do. I just love people. I, I love, love people. You. I love. I love you too, man. <laughs> Appreciate you coming on here. Thanks uh, for having me, man. Anytime. That being said, uh, like, comment, subscribe, share. Uh, review review that's the one that's an important one please do that uh, i'll share all that stuff on instagram as it comes through uh just give yourself a little nod a little pat on the back a little thank you uh, appreciation notes uh, and other than that uh, tell me about your hard days Leftovers. Or the DMV. Number 97. Or house cleaning. Or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.